All right, welcome everybody to the January 2024 Monroe Community Coalition meeting. It's appropriate that we see snow on the screen and it's snowing outside. Uh, we're going to move pretty quickly into welcome and introductions. I just want to show you uh, the agenda for today. Apparently, the agenda is not going to show us. Oh, I know what's happening. Needed to click. So today's agenda is pretty simple. It's it's really coalition member focused. We're just going to do welcome and introductions. I have some uh, brief business updates for you, uh, and then we're just going to talk and see where everybody's at, what you're thinking, what opportunities you have, um, what challenges or or needs you have, and maybe some magic can happen around that. Otherwise, um, um, I'm going to stop sharing my screen so that we can do welcome and introductions. So nice to see everybody. I think a lot of people are staying home. Hey, Katie, O'Hara, how much snow is there in Sultan? Hi, um, I came home to Gold Bar, just got home and I have like three inches on my stairs. So it's pretty white out here. Sultan, it keeps going. It said it was gonna stop snowing, but it didn't stop, so. We just decided to just close the office and go home. <laughs> Katie, would you introduce yourself? Hi, all. I'm Katie O'Hara, the Sultan Prevention Coalition Coordinator. I work a lot with Joe. I've been in it since June. So, yeah. Thank you. And I see our friend Tammy Amador has joined us. Hello. I'm Sharon's trustee sidekick. Oh. Oh, that, that means who's Sharon? Sharon, would you introduce yourself? Oh, man. I hate it when she makes me in charge of things. <laughs> Hi, I'm Sharon Lineweber. I'm one of the counselors here at Park Place Middle School, along with Tammy, who is as equal, if not more so, more important than I. <laughs> uh, but you guys love each other. You're a great team. You're really a great team. I brag about that team a lot. Uh, Mr. Bloss, we see you. Yes, you do. And I'm here in Monroe with you, and it's we got sunshine and snow. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would be our usual for here. Uh, and I'm with uh, NAMI, National Alliance on Mental Illness. Uh, my that's one of my hats, but I mean this is why I'm at this meeting. So that's it. Thank you. I see Maddie Louder on the screen. Hi, I'm Maddie Louder. I'm the student assistance professional at Monroe High School. Thank you. And Robin? Hi, Robin Cruz, school counselor at Monroe High School. So glad you're here, Robin. Pastor Michael? Yes, I, I'm Pastor Michael Hanford. I I'm a police and fire, well, police chaplain for 28 years and also coordinate the Monroe Pastors Fellowship, kind of plan meetings and various things. And I'm along with Joe on, and the others on the leadership team of this coalition. It's great to see everybody in the face of snow. Yep. Eliana, so glad you're joining us. How are you? 
Oh, I'm doing okay. I'm sorry I was not able to uh, participate in these meetings uh, for a long time. You know, it's a long story, but I am uh, planning to do more consistent this year. If it's not me, I'm going to be make sure that somebody else from my office uh, participated. Uh, but uh, my name is Eliana Hapner. I'm the program manager of uh, CMAR Behavioral Health. Uh, we have uh, uh, mental health and substance abuse for adults and children in our site. If you're newer and haven't met Eliana, she is just a longtime friend and champion for youth and families. So, so glad you're here, Eliana. Thank you, Joe. I see our friend Aubrey Rudd is on the line with us. Hi, Aubrey. Hi, good to see you guys. I haven't been able to tune in for a while. So I'm Aubrey Rudd. I'm with Just Serve, which helps matching volunteer opportunities with people in the community. So you can volunteer and hoping to focus some of that on getting our youth involved and hopefully um, getting at least one project in the high school this year. So yeah, good to I'm, see you guys. I'm going to need your help registering a project on Just Serve. So oh, yeah, I'm happy to we do created it. the Community Engagement Board, which helps families through challenges that might be impacting attendance. And you're the first person I thought of once I get my feet wet. So we yeah, that's awesome. met last month, meeting again next week, and then I'm going to reach out for volunteers. I know where to go. That's awesome. I love it. Keep me posted. Uh, I'm also, I see our friend, uh, Dennis is on the phone. Hi, Dennis. Hi, Joe. How are you doing? I'm well. I'm very well. Do you want to introduce yourself, Dennis? Oh, yes. I'm Dennis Smith. I'm a retired school psychologist. Um, I worked uh, in the Granite Falls School District and also on the Granite Falls Community Coalition Board. Um, I'm kind of moving to actual retirement now. And so I'm um, I'm not, and I'm also we moved to Linwood, so it's quite a distance. So, but uh, we are uh, having our annual uh, uh, empty bowl of soup fundraiser coming up here. So I'll be going out for events like that to try to support the community. And uh, who did I leave out? Did I leave anybody out? I think we are good. Okay, so um, I have a couple of brief business updates for you. Two of them are funding related. So I mentioned no. in the, actually three of them are. Joe, uh, uh, the people at your table. Oh, um, of course, <laughs> of course. <laughs> we, have, we, have, we have some new new partners joining us today. Uh, if you would mind introducing yourself, Brian. I'm Brian Linderson. I am a new student assistance professional at Park Place Middle School and Hidden River Middle School. Welcome. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Uh, my name is Brandy Blair. I am a community member and parent of four kids that currently go to um, different schools, uh, elementary, Park Place, and Thoreau High. 
Um, I, my current, uh, this morning I opened my email and a lot of what you guys had on your agenda today was stuff I've been interested in. Um, I'm just going to put it out there in case there's any connections that can be made, but um, youth mental health is a really big focus for me this year, um, as is the school culture uh, and the experience that the kids are having uh, at school regarding a sense of belonging and uh, the want to show up for school. Um, and pedestrian safety uh, throughout the city of Monroe, but especially an emphasis uh, with students walking to school. Awesome. I think we have a, a new advocate joining us. This is fantastic. <laughs> Last but not least. Um, Kathy Jackson, I'm the Family Engagement Liaison for the District, and I support violence, um, Jane Lake and Salem Woods. Okay, see, what normally would have happened is Pastor Michael would have gently leaned into me and whispered, Joe, <laughs> The room. <laughs> so, I'm missing you already. Uh, the brief business updates are exciting. Uh, um, one, we negotiated with our partners at uh, Snohomish County Human Services, who offered us a uh, $125,000 supplement to the uh, student support advocate contract that just closed out. And if you don't know what a student support advocate is, these are school-based case managers for any student who's looking for help or who might have uh, challenges or needs. And we do a brief assessment with them to determine um, where our uh, help might be most beneficial that we plan together. And um, we just move forward in that relationship, um, trying to help shore up um, um, areas of challenge or instability for youth and families and work with as many parents as we do youth. So um, that was a great supplement to the contract that's just closing. And for the contract that just began on January 1st, they're also including um, uh, that same amount of grant funding. So what that means for us is while the district may be um, looking closely at revenue and where we can go, um, the student support advocate program is safe entirely for another year because all four advocates are grant funded. So for me, that was a great relief. Um, and um, I think once uh, uh, our enrollment rates start to go up again, we, I won't have so many tiny worries. But uh, in the meantime, our partnership with the county has really helped us. Um, also, uh, great exciting news is that Brian is here with us. Uh, Chris Jury, who's normally on the call, called me up and said, hey, I think we can make something happen. Uh, do you need somebody at uh, Park Place? And of course, I already knew that answer and Chris was suggesting it because Maddie's everywhere, all over the district. And so with that partnership with the county, it freed up money that um, we didn't have to pay the match for Brian and, and here we are. So, like, I get goosebumps thinking about serendipity. And, uh, if you're a person of faith, beyond that. So, it's amazing. Two amazing things. And then, um, I th think there was one other piece, but I lost it. My brain is getting better, but slowly, slowly. Uh, if anything more comes up uh, in terms of business, I'll let you know. But otherwise, all of our programs are full speed ahead. Um, Robin might be able to give us an update on DBT Steps A when it gets to her turn to share, but uh, we've got PACs being implemented, we have Life Skills Training being implemented, um, 
first semester signs of suicide is completely done. And uh, Jennifer Swan, who joins us occasionally, and, and all of the secondary school counselors really just kicked butt on, on making that happen. Um, uh, principals were very supportive too. We had some uh, challenges. You know, we had a student who who died last year at Hidden River. She did not die by suicide, but initially that was the thought. And so we had to do some extra TLC with the teams down there just to make sure that uh, we weren't triggering anybody. So I think we reached a great compromise and all students there received signs of suicide. Otherwise, um, things are just moving forward. Um, so, so if you have any questions about the coalition or programs, go ahead and ask them. I, I can talk forever, but I really just wanted to give us time to share about what's happening. It's a new year. You guys have lots of things happening and I'm not aware of what's going on. So educate me, please, and educate each other. The only other thing I'd add is, this is not a guilt thing, but last month we had uh, Helping Hands and Housing Hope in the room. And I don't know if you remember this or if you were ever part of it, but we used to have the coalition meeting and then the networking and magic happened. And so it was nice that as we're starting to come back to in-person to see that real magic happen, that union between Helping Hands and uh, Housing Hope happening right in the room. So eventually we'll get there, I hope, but uh, I'm just glad you're, you're here right now. Well, uh, I wonder who's willing to go first. Maddie, actually, let's start with Maddie. Maddie, what's happening at the high school? What are you seeing? Any trends? How busy are you? <clears throat> um, gosh, that's my update. Um, so <laughs> I, I would say what I'm mostly seeing with students right now is a lot of harder drugs going around the school. Um, it's not so much a focus on vaping, um, but we're seeing what we think is cocaine. There's not a confirmation of that. Um, so some stuff that we're like raising a little bit more red flags for and just student safety and concern. Um, vaping is of course still an issue. I mostly see it with the ninth and 10th graders. It kind of dwindles off as students get older, they either get more sneaky at hiding it or uh, just realize that they want to focus more on their future and not so much on substance use and fitting in and being cool. Um, but I oftentimes I'm, I'm still seeing a lot of misconceptions around marijuana with the student body. And I think we, we need to do a little bit more about education of what um, marijuana does to an individual and the potentially addictive properties of it. And I, I don't think kids are really grasping onto those concepts yet. A um, couple of more happy things that are happening at the high school, I feel like sometimes substance use can be a little bit of a downer, is um, we are continuing our work with Christian Page with our ASB students and other student leaders who are not in ASB um, to try to create a more, um, a deeper sense of belonging within the student body at Monroe High School. Yesterday, we actually just had our Martin Luther King Jr. Assembly, which we called Unity Assembly, and it's Unity Week right now at the high school, which is, again, trying to promote that sense of belonging in our student body. It was offered as an opportunity for other students who maybe uh, weren't selected as part of this student um, leadership group to, again, join us and find some support and solace in trying to be the change in the school. 
So that's really exciting. Um, I am pretty much done with all of my prevention education in the freshman classes for the first semester. Second semester will start sometime in March is when I'll be launching those. Uh, I've been working with our digital literacy teacher to kind of bridge the gap of technology use and substance use and mental health concerns that we're seeing online. So um, in the fall uh, with Bearcat Academy classes, which is our freshman class, we ended up um, showing screenagers as a kind of supplemental curriculum material, which students really enjoyed that and the ability to have snacks and watch a movie and have discussion around it. So that was really great. Um, and I think that we can just further bridge that connection of technology use since we're seeing it so much in schools now and in, in youth to help kind of talk about mental health and substance use in those areas. Um, I still have a wait list for services. So regardless if I've got Brian down at the middle school now, I'm still full of full of kiddos who need help and support. And I am still desperately in need of some more mental health services in the community to refer to. Um, Joe, actually funny story last night, um, for all of these who don't know, I'm in a doctoral program right now for counseling psychology. And last night, Anna Denoto, who works at Sandbox, oh. Uh, she and I actually connected and I was like, oh yeah, I work at the high school in Monroe and she lives and works at Sandbox in Monroe. Um, and we were talking about potentially a partnership that we could do with the district. Um, so I'd love to talk to you more about that and see if we could get something going with Sandbox. But that's all I've got on my brain. And that was just me winging it. So yeah, let's talk about that. Sandbox has reached out. I, I met Anna uh, a, a couple of years ago. And um, we had talked about partnership then, and um, I wish I could remember the partner from Sandbox that's reaching out, but um, we'll have something, uh, we're going to set a time to meet sometime in January, so I'll just make sure you're included in that. Um, at, at least we can hear what they're offering, what they think the partnership can look like. For me, it always comes down to how do we fund it. Right, right. And that's um, what I was talking to her about yesterday, too, is grant funding. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, thanks for the update. Anybody have questions for Maddie? Yes, I do. This is Pastor Michael. Maddie, it would be great if uh, in the future, at a future coalition meeting, if you would be able to play a videotape from some of the one or two of the students to kind of give uh, a perspective, um, you know, just kind of we we've always had a goal of having students at this meeting but it's been hard with the schedules and everything for them to be here but it would be great to have second best uh a video right joe it would be great yeah i'll, I'll pressure maddie <laughs> all right god bless you maddie thanks michael who wants to, uh, Mr. Bloss, I want to put you front and center. What's happening in your world? I, I've been reading about some of NAMI's legislative priorities. Uh, I'm wondering what's going on. Oh, Jim, can you hear me? Okay, we'll come back to Jim. Uh, I see Aubrey. Aubrey, what is happening? Yeah, um, a little bit. I'm, I'm wondering if this is a, a good place. So I don't know if you guys were aware of the giving machines that were, they're kind of a global 
initiative of like a vending machine, right? Where people can go and purchase things like a therapy session or a hot meal or gloves, or I mean, even with our global charities, like a goat, some other things. And 100% of what you donate gets to the people. But um, we had our local partners. I'm just kind of wondering for funding for, you know, people like Take the Next Step or Housing Hope, like if um, in future, they were the Alderwood Mall this year, but the local charities we had were like um, Lutheran Community Services or Bellevue Life Spring, Tacoma Rescue Mission. I'm like, is there a funding or a place um, that, that um, uh, an avenue maybe for um, a place that we are connected to that that funding could come a little bit more locally than, because um, they look for kind of three local charities. And I don't know if um, any of those charities support our local efforts, but that was just kind of a thought that came to me. Um, and then we are looking at doing a charity at the, or not a charity, sorry, um, a service project at the high school. And we're looking at a charity called Sleep in Heavenly Peace. And it's building beds for um, people who need them. And so that's kind of something that we um, thought would be a cool thing. Um, Glacier Peak, I think we're going to partner with their key club and do one at their high school. I'm wondering if that would be something that we could do at Monroe High School. Um, and so, Maddie, who who do you think would be the best person for me to contact in that regard? Just getting students involved in like a hands-on, it's very hands-on and they, they supply the materials and it's really kind of assembly kind of a thing. Yeah, so Jill Van Ortel's in charge of the Key Club and um, Swalatarski. So, and she's going to be on maternity leave at some point. So Jill would probably be the best person to contact. And okay. I can just drop her email in the chat and you can send her an email. That sounds great. Yeah. And we're trying to do it close to, um, there's a global youth service day in April, like April 26th, I think. And so we were trying to do it close to like sometime in April kind of surrounding that. So um, that's kind of just what's in the works on our end community wise, and then always looking for projects to put up on just serve. So yeah, Joe, let me know if you go, if you go on just serve, it's pretty self-explanatory down at the bottom. There's a green box that says post, um, uh, an event or a volunteering opportunity, and then it will go through administration and we'll, we review them and then, um, contact you. But if you need help or support, with whatever scheme you were thinking that you could you could post for volunteering, um, I'm happy to help you. So that's kind of what's going on. Would any questions or any like comments? Do you guys know? Maybe uh, take the next step would be someone I could talk to of as far as like a bigger um, charity. I, I'm not sure if they just get their funding um, without kind of being attached to any larger local charities, but. It would be cool to see some of of that funding go into our community. Send send me an email, Aubrey, and and we'll just go talk with the Sarahs at Take the Next Step, and they're That's awesome right. to brainstorm with. I mean, I just they're they're amazing partners. And then on on the bed component, uh, I will bring it up to Joe when I see her tomorrow. Robin and I and Joe are all in the same 
counselor administrator meeting in the morning. I'll bring that up. And, and I know there's a need. I know um, closing out 2023 with the student support advocates, we bought like six mattresses and bed frames. And so right. I, I haven't had that happen before. So you froze, Joe. And Jim, I see you. What's up? Now we can see him. We didn't hear your question, Jim. You were frozen. Oh, I was just saying. <laughs> no, we were all frozen. Apparently, <laughs> that's all. That's all I was going to say. Oh, but, but, but I had a question. I mean, a comment for Aubrey. Yes. Uh, about the funding thing, I, I don't see Rachel Adams on the on the call today with the city of Monroe. I imagine you know about her. I sure uh, do. But I'm I'm a member of the Human Services uh, Advisory uh, Board for the city, and you know money comes in periodically uh, from various sources, the county and sometimes the state, and their grants and all sorts of things that, that come into the city, and the, our uh, our board gets the opportunity to review applications and all of that kind of stuff from from folks in the community i mean the word goes out from from the um from rachel's office and then you know i submitted an applications so on so forth so i i would say once you check in with her and, and and let her know that you're you're looking for local funding opportunities and that sort of type thing uh, because that's exactly what that is Right. And I think a lot of the funding, I mean, it has to go through a, a, a nonprofit that's well established, but I'm just wondering if any nonprofits, oh. there's, you know, some of our nonprofits um, receive funding or help from those nonprofits. So anyway, it was just a thought that maybe as I contacted people in our local community about giving machine, they're like, well, we don't really see the benefits of those things. I'm like, well, maybe we could, I, I can add, you know, there can be maybe some advocacy for um, nonprofits that benefit our community. So working, working through other folks who already have some sort of foot into, you know, the, the funding stream or have done that sort of thing before is a good idea. But yeah. I mean, there was a time with, uh, with, uh, ARPA funds and what have you, that people were coming in as individuals. I mean, anybody can come in and put an application in if you if you have, uh, you know, some a, a cause or something. That's what human services is about. We're looking for you, you know, for right. anybody who, who can help make the lives of families and individuals, you know, uh, in need better. Right. Right. Absolutely. Well, I see Rachel has a heart. I'll, I'll, I'll get with Rachel and she probably knows the ins and outs of what nonprofits benefit our community best. So thank right. you. Right. Jim, would you give us an update about Dammy? Well, and you're making a mistake here. I may ramble on. Well, this is our connections meeting. So we <laughs> want to hear from you. <laughs> Well, I got a couple of thoughts. Let me put my hand down here just a second. And there we go. Okay, I just wanted to make a comment to, uh, to is it uh, Alina at Seymour? Uh, my son was seeing Go for a while. I just want to let you know that he's a, he's a great uh, counselor and and, uh, and uh, was very helpful to my son. And to Tammy, 
Are you are you uh, related to uh, Xavier Amador, the famous uh, leap person and author? Nope. Unless you really, really like him, then I can say yes. He's he's written books. Uh, one of them being, "I'm not sick. I don't need help." I mean, he's all over the uh, mental health issues and and uh, the various problems and issues associated with that. So, yeah, Xavier, Am Xavier Amador, just why don't you call him and tell him that you think you're a relative? <laughs> okay, uh, back to NAMI. National Alliance on Mental Illness, we have a family support group that meets twice a month, the second and a fourth Wednesday of every month, religiously. Uh, 7 p.m. And you can go online to the NAMI Snow Isle website, and there's a, a link that you can click on there. I, I think I think there's a need to actually check in ahead of time and let them know that you're coming because we don't want to we want don't want to get Zoom bombed, uh, you know, which which can happen if you have an open open Zoom line. So, but we had a wonderful session last night. Uh, actually got into the we got we got people who have been family members and and counselors for decades and uh, we had a terrific uh, uh, problem solving and decision making you know a lot of folks coming in new don't know where to go don't know what to do uh, when they have a, a family member living with a, a serious behavioral challenge mental illness or chemical dependency or both most of the time and uh we we were we were cranking away last night, checklists and people to call and all sorts of things. It was wonderful. So anyway, if you got people who who need that kind of help, just just come to one of our groups or have them check in and what have you. And that's what we're there for. Okay. Uh, the other is uh, let's see, something's coming up. I think that you read about in the paper here, maybe within the next week or so. There's a, a gains sequential intercept model mapping exercise about to happen over in Everett. And it's it's let's just say it's a it's a, a get get together of everybody in the county, uh, all the offices and what have you on the law, justice and corrections continuum side, along with providers and people in human services and what have you. To, to to take a look at the law justice and corrections continuum that sometimes you know tiger traps people living with uh, mental illness or chemical dependency into that system and this the sequential intercept model is a is a way that jurisdictions can look at what they've got and and, and then find out what they don't have in the way of uh, a triage center or a mental health court or, you know, those kinds of things that need to be in place to help pull people out of that continuum, you know, that, at any particular point. I mean, it's a, it's an incredible uh, exercise. And uh, when the, the bottom line of that's going to be a report, a, a do list, a checklist on a, along a timeline, to actually put some of this stuff into place with an, you know, via the newly resurrected law and justice council, uh, which just came back into being mm, a few months ago. 
I guess it's 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 like it's like you know where the stars and planets all are aligned, and it, it just the time when something like you know everything's coming together to make something really important happen. So you're gonna you're gonna see something about that in the paper. I think it's a uh, it's very. I'm I'm you know I'm <laughs> I'm excited. Can you tell? Uh, I got an, yeah, I got a I got an invitation to come because they know that I could teach about the model. I mean, I I have you know, uh, in this particular process. So I'm, I'm I'm kind of a civilian visiting in there with all these government employees, but but I I've got some kind of uh, experiential uh, uh, things to to that I I think can help inform this process. So. Um, anyway, that's that's about it for me. Thank you, Jim. Sure. I'm wondering if uh, do we still have Robin? Robin, would you? So we we heard from the uh, substance abuse side uh, about what's happening at MHS. Would you share with us about uh, what you're seeing on the counseling side? Sure. So, um, well, we still have our group going on um, that Garcia and Vandermintel are working with. Um, as uh, Maddie mentioned, we had Happiness Week, we had Unity Week, students um, wrote like little gratitude notes, did warm fuzzies. Again, we had the assembly with Christian Page. Um, they made, students made like friendship bracelets. Um, so just trying to keep everyone positive from coming back from the break. Um, you know, break sometimes is heavy for some of the students. Um, so we're nearing the end also of the semester. So we're We lost you, Robin. We didn't hear what you said. Yeah. Sorry. So it's nearing the end of the semester as well. So we have a lot of students, you know, trying to garner their credits. Um, so great things, uh, preparing for class, you know, changes for the semester. Um, the counselors, we went into Bearcat Academy um, to kind of talk about and assist with um, their high school and beyond plans. Um, and then some counselors are still seeing their sophomores. So we're almost done with that, all uh, completed. Um, so that's about it. It's been quite busy, especially, like I said, nearing the end of the semester with scheduling and, you know, um, getting grades in so that students can get the credits that they need. And that's about it. Any questions for Robin? Okay, thanks, Robin. How about how about our friends at Park Place Middle School? What's happening for you guys? We're having an announcement. Let you know that weightlifting club. Oh, it's announcement time. Huh? Yeah, can you come back to me? I'll come back to you. I'll come back to you, Pastor Michael. What's happening? Oh boy. Let's see if I can. Uh, oh, yeah. Great. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, probably one of the most exciting things to me is to see the birthing over the past three years of all kinds of other service providers. 
I'm a part of the service providers uh, monthly meeting. And so I get to hear some of these incredible groups like Helping Hands, uh, like the cold weather shelter reports from the cold weather shelter. What an exciting uh, thing that we that we have some of these services and uh, groups that have emerged. The MPD, Mineral Police Department has, uh, in addition to the embedded social worker, Elisa Delgado, has the embedded mental health worker, Jesse uh, Bayer. And uh, St. Vincent de Paul Resource Center and that whole group has just mushroomed and expanded all kinds of uh, wonderful uh, service providers on site there at St. Vincent de Paul. Obviously, Housing Hope and the Monroe Family Village and them working with Helping Hands, that was just an incredible, uh, credible thing. The Ideal Options with April Provost, they're doing a great work. Uh, Jacob Grillo and the Conquer Addictions Group is just incredible. The Evergreen uh, Hospital, uh, adding beds for veterans and and various uh, others. The 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 mental health uh, department from Fairfax coming to the Evergreen campus and and I I'm not sure if it's open yet, but kind of an um, emergency department for mental health situations because the what happens in the emergency room at Evergreen when a mental health situation arrives is that there's a lot of distractions and people have to give a lot of attention and they don't have the the time and the energy and focus to help all those in the emergency room because they're dealing with a mental health situation until a team arrives. Well, this, this uh, new mental health emergency room kind of a concept 24-7 will be a tremendous addition. And we want to hear more about that, but that's through Fairfax. And the uh, VOA in Sultan and Everett has just mushroomed as well, adding Jesse Breyer is from VOA, of course, Lindsay Gagnon, Carolyn Neal, I don't see them on the call today, but there's incredible things happen through uh, VOA in Sultan. Uh, and then take the next step, of course. We all know well that they're just incredible. So uh, the faith community has, each congregation has kind of a kind of a, a team or a, or a committee that that uh, works with supporting, like take the next step or uh, VOA or St. Vincent or Just Serve or whatever group. And definitely those would be three groups, uh, Aubrey, that I would sure recommend you consider. That is uh, VOA, Take the Next Step, Helping Hands. And of course, uh, St. Vincent de Paul would be a fourth one. They're, they're all doing incredible work in the city. So that's my report. It's pretty exciting to see those approaches and compassion and love and, and reaching out. I love that. That's just, that's what coalitions are all about. That's what 
working together in collaboration, uh, creating uh, the um, surround, what's the name of it? Uh, not cocoon, but you know what I'm saying, the wraparound services approach. And it's exciting. And then to see what what uh, we have at the schools, Monroe schools, the various programs and uh, everything we've uh, worked as a coalition and you've done so much to see all these positions opened up and programs and I just am so thankful. So thank you very much. Thanks everyone, love ya. Before we go to Park Place, uh, well, first, any questions for Pastor Michael? He knows everything. Okay, no questions, that was comprehensive. And, and just in case uh, Eliana has clients or something to do. Eliana, would you give us an update about what's happening with CMAR? Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, oh, okay, let's see. Um, we kind of lost a lot of therapists um, after 2020, and it's been a struggle uh, and a challenge to kind of find new new uh, therapists and uh, keep the, the program going. But finally, right now, um, we have three therapists um, working uh, with the Child and Family Program. One of them is uh, providing services in the Salton uh, High School and the um, Middle School. And the other two are in, in the office. Uh, we are very busy. All our appointments are, uh, you know, very full and uh, new uh, appointments for new clients or, you know, are probably all the way through uh, March at this point, but CMAR is, is planning to, we are actually looking for an, a new therapist right now, and we're hoping we can get somebody bilingual, meaning Spanish and English, because we we noticed that there is a lot of students coming, um, requesting services that, you know, just speak Spanish. Um, so that's been also very difficult to find, but um, Opening this position uh, for therapists for the Challen family, that's one of the goals where we have is to kind of find somebody who is bilingual. Um, other than that, as we the space that we have right now is, is getting too small. So CIMAR is looking for to kind of maybe find a different building to kind of expand services. Uh, hopefully, maybe for this year, we will have more about it, what's going to happen. So that's about it. What's what has been happening, and how is I've been so busy just trying to kind of fill it up positions and try to find and and uh, hire people so we can continue providing services. Yes, yes. Oh, I'm so glad to hear you have three therapists up and up and running. That's yeah, amazing. they're very good, and and we're uh, so happy that one of them is is providing services in Salton since last year and. Is, yeah, so we're very, very thankful for that. Yeah. Any questions for Eliana? I see Jim has his hand raised. Yes, it's more, more of a comment, or thank you, I guess. Uh, at a point in time, particularly COVID, I think we ba we basically, or the a lot of the behavioral health entities in Snohomish County just evacuated the entire uh, East County area. Uh, and uh, 
devastating, actually. But CMAR stayed the course, you know, and, and you are still, CMAR is still the primary uh, contact for, where, for act, people actually trying to get behavioral health care kind of a help and assistance. And so I just wanted to thank you personally for that. Uh, and, and as a member of uh, National Alliance on Mental Illness, we, we appreciate your staying the course. I really appreciate your comment. That makes me so happy oh, to hear. <laughs> Thank you so much. Oh, you bet. Amen to that. That's Pastor Michael. Yeah, I, I didn't mention really, Seymour, but I, obviously. I guess I was going through my incredible. stuff. Accidentally hit the center. Okay, hard place. What's happening? Hopefully the announcement is over. For now, yeah. <laughs> um, I was gonna make Tammy talk too, but she touched her nose first, so I guess I have to. <laughs> um, okay, let's see. I know I'm gonna forget something, but um, we have done minute meetings. Tammy and I have with um sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. Um, so we've touched base with just about every single student in the building and had an individual meeting with them. Um, we still have a few left over that were either absent or forever for whatever reason weren't available to talk to us, but we've we've pretty much talked to every single kid on one-on-one -on -one in the building. Um, for SOS, we've got um all of seventh grade done. Uh all of sixth grade? No. Half of eighth grade. We're about to do the other half of eighth grade here pretty soon. Um I can't remember when sixth grade was. I think we did it. I can't remember. Do you know, Tammy? Did we do it? <laughs> it's been a long time. I think you were first in October. Pardon? I think you were first in October. We were, but I know that the way it worked out, they, it split up weird in our school. We don't do them all at once. Oh, got it. Got it. Here, let me look, let me look at my handy-dandy cheat sheet. Okay. While you're doing that, I'll keep talking. Um, we went into all the health classes and introduced Zello and the High School Beyond plan a couple weeks, no, the week before break, two weeks before break, something like that, and got all of our students going on that. Um, let's see what else. Oh, we just wrapped up our DBT Steps A group the week before break, and we had nine students involved in that. That went really well. Um, sources, we, uh, we did a lesson through our connections period and have 14 new students that were going to be ready to be trained here in the next month or so that we're going to have joining us. So they're, um, they're, uh, what do you call it? Their project that they're working on is a, a We Belong project. So it's tying in with all of our, our, um, district and school goals. And that's all I can think of right now. Don't forget that you're funded. We got money for you. Yes, yes. And I did a I did a DPT Steps A order. Um, I was working on a sources order. Um, and then we're looking at how else we can, what we can do to involve the kids more to get, um, hey something out there for people to see. So we know it's just two counselors isn't enough here for us to yep. do all the things. So, yeah. So I got my cheat sheet. 
Yay. Um, we did seventh grade and eighth grade SOS um, mid-November. And then uh, sixth grade is going to be the beginning of February. Okay. And the other half of eighth grade. That's what I thought. Because the eighth grade we did through health. And so we have to do it two semesters. So that's why that one gets split up. You guys are doing amazing work for kids. So grateful for you. Any questions for Tammy or Sharon about Park Place? Uh, okay, great. Uh, Sophia, are you still on the line with us? Maybe not. Uh, Dennis, what's happening in your neck of the woods? Besides we're getting closer to retirement. Um, well, we are uh, currently getting ready for our annual fundraiser, the Empty Bowls of Soup. Um, that's been very successful for us. We also are putting together uh, a team uh, to go to the uh, You Are Not Alone event uh, the, the county's putting on in Muckleteal on February 3rd. And um, as part of that event, they have uh, the Snohomish County Community Coalitions uh, have a table to present their information on and so we're going to have a table there for the Grand Falls Community Coalition and uh, that's pretty much uh, where we are right now is uh, trying to get those two events going. Jim I see you. We'll tell Dennis that NAMI will be there on the February 3rd as well. We'll see you there Dennis. Okay thank you. Kathy Jackson, what's happening in your neck of the woods? I'm currently focusing on our families of students with special needs. So next week, on Wednesday, we have a meeting with this building at 9 o'clock, 9 to 10. And if any family that has a student on an IEP or a 5 and 4, and it's just a great time to not only create community with other parents that are, have the same kind of concerns, and um, but also just to David Peritore, the director of student services, he's here and he takes all your information, all your concerns back, and he immediately kind of does whatever he can to, to alleviate whatever roadblocks that you may have. So that's been really valuable um, in many, many aspects, just for them to feel like they're, they've got a place to go to get support. And then um, Jody, jo Joey Castillo, who works with David, is just contacting me. We're coming up with a, another series of two meetings with the, um, the preschoolers at Rylands and Frank um, Wagner. And then, so it's kind of a two-part, Introduction for the preschoolers to enter kindergarten, and they have an I uh, five or four action, just an IVP, and then just to ease the transition. So helping parents kind of navigate the system as they enter it and answer the questions and get them set up for success. Yeah. I wonder, wonder if either of our our newest guests um, have anything they'd like to share. It's okay. <laughs> I put you on the spot. No, this has been very. Everyone's doing so much and it's really interesting. So thank you. And I guess I'll see Dennis and Jim on the third. I'm, I'm gonna be there too. So awesome. And then uh on February third, yeah. Uh, yeah. So just so you know, uh the student support advocates are taking a van full of kids to that uh that event. So we're we're doing our best to get um folks who would benefit there too. So Brian, I'm Brian. That. oh you are oh you are yeah thank you <laughs> Thank you. Oh, anything you'd like to? Um, I just sent my counselor 
goes over there and email if there's anything that I can do to help collaborate or give them a hand with what I can. I'd love to help. So what's your background? My background, uh, I did 20 years in the Navy, and then I went to college and got into education as a sub, then I became a sped para for until last Friday. And I got a degree in history originally, and then I changed my mind and my path, and I decided I wanted to go more towards mental health and substance abuse. And so I'm 95%, 90% done with my bachelor's in psych, and I'm moving on to graduate. I think, oh, Sharon, yes. I just wanted to say welcome. Um, we haven't met you yet, or I haven't. I think I've heard you in the office. <laughs> I recognize okay. your voice. I'll but, come find you. Okay, I'm in the corner. If you keep going to the bit furthest corner you can find, that's me. <laughs> okay. That's so sad. Nobody puts baby in the corner. <laughs> right. I'm going to jump in and say, I'm sorry that you evacuated your, your history uh, specialty. If if anybody if we need anything in our civilization at this time is is more understanding about where we've been, I I, I always underappreciated my history teachers. Usually 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 it was uh, you know your your gym teacher or uh, somebody else who who got the dirty duty for teaching history and all, and it's so important. <clears throat> anyway, thank you for. Oh yes, sir. well you. Well, you still have that background anyway, so just use I it. Do. I will. <laughs> so I, I think I'll put out there um, just in terms of like updates, there are two things. There, there are three opportunities. I remembered as you guys were talking, there are three kind of opportunities that are floating around. One is not an opportunity. It's, it's part of what we wrote into our strategic plan. That is um, coming up in April. We'll be doing our annual um, uh, movie night. And so I don't have a film identified and haven't reached out to the galaxy yet. But if you would just start thinking in the back of your minds, what what documentary or, or other film might lead or start a community conversation around mental health or suicide prevention, or at this point, even belonging, um, which we, we know is so needed um, and one of the priorities of the district as well. Um, I, I'd love to check those out. So it's it's January now. April's going to be right around the corner. We wouldn't have had a movie night last year if it wasn't for Kathy Jackson. And so... Um, I can tell me now. Okay. And so uh, that's coming up and that's exciting. And then the two opportunities we talked about, one previously... Does the coalition have interest in hosting a town hall on fentanyl and uh, how the community responds, how the schools respond, what education looks like, how we can help parents to recognize signs, how we can help them to get Narcan in their hands. We talked about that previously. Um, I think there will still be a lot of interest around that. Uh, next month, I'll give you a legislative update, but one of the things that is probably going to pass is a requirement for fentanyl education in schools, um, and that'll probably be fast-tracked to start this spring. 
I don't know, probably will start before next fall. And I've been doing a lot of work with colleagues around the state, other coalition coordinators uh, in particular, to identify appropriate fentanyl education in middle and high school, because there's a lot of garbage out there. There's a lot of people wanting to do their best, uh, including some um, state agencies that just don't understand youth development. And so um, um, that this might be timely. And then the other one that came up just the other day, the other opportunity, and maybe we want to do both, uh, it's completely up to you guys, is um, uh, take the next step, jump through some hoops, and receive additional mental health funding. So those referrals that we're making to our network of private practice practitioners uh, will continue, but once that funding's gone, it's gone. Um, um, and there was a comment made by one of our council partners who was wondering what the school district is uh, doing to support youth mental health. And, and I kind of suggested that we might all want to come together, the city, the school, coalition, uh, uh, CMAR, our, our private practice professionals, uh, our school-based professionals, and really talk about the comprehensive whole that we've been creating in the community. And we do have Sophia on the call, and, and Sophia's part of that comprehensive whole with Kara Solis. And so um, I don't think people are aware of everything that we have to offer from education in school to um, mental health therapy to the referral service that Carisalis provides to all the way to the law enforcement uh, mental health professional that Pastor Michael shared about today. I think um, it looks pretty desperate when you don't have the complete picture. And there may be an opportunity here to show how we've all collaborated on that comprehensive whole. I see you, Maddie, sorry. I just had a suggestion because I was sent a flyer from the city of Mukilteo and Joe, I don't know if you also heard about this, um, but the city of Mukilteo is putting on an event on Saturday, February 3rd called You Are Not Alone. Um, and it's a suicide prevention, but also building hope and resilience for youth and teens. And it's open to the public. It's free and it's sponsored um, by various community organizations. Um, Snohomish County Health Department actually being one of those organizations. And I was wondering if maybe, maybe not this year, but maybe that could be something that the coalition pursues next year to just have this really big, almost like community fair that's surrounded by mental health um, to kind of just show what resources are out there, um, where we can find providers, where we have in-school resources and things of that sort. Um, so if anyone wanted to attend that, it's on February 3rd at the Rose Hill Community Center um, in Mukilteo, and that might be a good opportunity just to see like what they've got going on in their city, and maybe if we could reciprocate something like that in Monroe. Yeah. Great recommendation, Maddie. Yeah, we have a, a chaperone and we'll be shuttling a busload of uh, MHS and Park Place students down there on February 3rd. And yeah, we can always do this on our own, especially as my brain's coming back and we have such great partners. Uh, I know I wouldn't be doing it by myself. Jim, I see your hands raised. Yeah, I promise this is my last comment. Uh, uh. <laughs> Just piggybacking on Maddie's comment and, and your earlier comment, uh, but the Snohomish Health District, uh, um, or Health Department, I think now, uh, are, are going around 
I guess, and volunteering and giving presentations on fentanyl and Narcan and how to use it and all of that sort of stuff. I'm amongst my other hats. I'm a member of the, uh, the Medical Reserve Corps for for Snohomish County, and uh, we just got a briefing from them, and it's 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 brief and and uh, it's it's actually pretty simple to use uh, and apply Narcan. So, but but anyway, it's a it's that's available to you if you haven't hadn't been aware of that. Yeah, thank you, Jim. Yeah, I, I, I reviewed the health uh, districts. Well, I guess now they're the Summers County Health Department. I reviewed the health department's um, fentanyl presentation for youth. And we're probably going to stay away from that one. But I, I've also identified a, a better one that was just put out uh, a couple of weeks ago by the Department of Health. So the State Department of Health. Um, and then uh, I just need to start sharing that with health teachers and, and, and Maddie and, and Brian and see if there's a plan around fentanyl education. Since we're going to be required to do it, we may as well do it the right way. So, oh, yes. I have a question. Um, if what I heard you saying of, of the future opportunities, the, the comprehensive whole talk that you were talking about. Yes. If, if that's like a town hall yes. type event where the providers and Everybody who what they're doing is there, plus the community members that don't know that it's the available, and yeah. then everybody is there to exchange. That is what, from what I hear from everyone, that's what's needed because people don't know of all these resources and things that you guys do have already in place. Got it. No, that's great. Plus, with us uh, that are trying to actually go through the process, we experience a lot of issues. Yes. And then I think it's not always known to you know the counselors and the providers about how hard and the different challenges. So maybe yes. us exchanging that would be really helpful. Yeah. No, I mean, just speaking from personal experience. Um, you know, before Carisalis, Carisalis helped my daughter because as an employee of the district or somebody who's connected to the school, my daughter, daughter could get help from Carisalis too. But like six months ago, I had spent about seven hours chasing down a therapist that would take her, her insurance and getting that up. She had been in a state of mental health crisis and couldn't do it on her own. And so, yeah, I've experienced those challenges and it's very real in my family. So I appreciate you saying that. With the, um, at the end of the summer, we do a resource fair, but that's kind of more, um, but to do kind of something similar like that to more like yeah. resources of mental health, yeah. to, you know, just all the things that we have in our community. If I maybe get it broader than just our split district families, but the whole community can tell me about and letting people like the town hall, I think, is different than any resource things that I've been to or a presentation. Yeah. Letting people speak and have them give some of their experiences. So, so I think that at least that's missing. I'm just taking notes. Um, unless you have a comment for the greater good, I'm happy to return some snowy daytime to you. <laughs> All right. But I, I'm definitely going to go to this thing in Muckleteo because that, that's interesting. Maybe I can make some connections and learn something. I just, I, I wrote that down, lived experience voices, not totally the providers, but I love that idea. Oh, Aubrey, hi. Hey, just, um, just throwing it out there and I'd love to pick Maddie's brain a little bit, but <clears throat> as a parent post COVID, one thing that I notice, and it's so hard, sometimes in this meeting, I'm like, wow, we have so many 
more pressing concerns, but something that's just still on my mind. And I know she's shown screenagers and I don't know if you guys have watched the social dilemma on Netflix, but um, I'm seeing, um, especially as a substitute in the high school and a parent of teenagers, just a need for um, education around screens, specifically phones and boundaries. I think um, maybe kids are getting that in their in their freshman course that I can't remember what you call that course, um, where you kind of uh, do a bunch of different things, that, which is awesome. But I really feel like there's a need for parent um, help. I just feel like these kids are just so much um, ahead of us as far as like, you know, we try to put on parental controls or um, screen kind of the apps that they have and all these things. But anyway, I just see that being a big piece of mental health um, for everyone, not only adults, but teenagers especially. And um, I don't know if this is like the right place to bring that up, but as a parent who I think COVID really pulled everyone onto a screen for long periods of time, kids, you know, parents trying to work with kids home. And I just feel like as a parent, I need resources on how to backpedal or set better boundaries. I think it would be so awesome if there was like a school-wide policy or a district-wide policy about phones in the classroom. It's so hard for a teacher to have to manage that. It just, it feels it feels like an addiction, a dopamine addiction. It feels like there's a lot of things on social media that surround and affect particularly young women and um, youth. It affects their mental health, uh, anxiety, depression. Just, I just think it's kind of a, a really hidden in plain sight issue that I could use more support for. I think a lot of parents could. I think um, I love like the the idea of digital literacy, um, who, what messages are we receiving and who wants us to believe those messages? You know, I just think there's just a huge piece that is going unaddressed or unhelped. And it needs to, as a parent, I need it in the home. Uh, and I think the school could definitely use my support or, you know, that that we have something that can help the kids uh, develop tools of coping in any kind of mental health circumstance. Cause I think this is what kids use, what I use, right. To escape, to deal with or escape from or avoid, right. Avoidant behaviors. So anyway, that's just something that's like on my brain that I would love to like explore more of how we could um, yep. get it to be just a, a topic that, kids know about that they're getting educated on, but also it needs to come from like parents need support. I think parents are the ones that are going to, to be able to set boundaries or help keep boundaries that schools can't do that. But I think parents need a lot of support here. Yeah. And to your point, you know, we could justify this a few different ways. Um, one family management this is a big family management issue is a predictive risk factor for substance abuse violence and and, uh, and delinquency and dropout uh, and then uh two you know we have a small pot of funding set aside for community outreach events like the the movie screening so so 
yeah, let me let me let me see what I can find, and then I already made a notation to revisit this next meeting. So oh, it's actually, sure. Jeff, I can add real quick. Yes. Um, so Audrey, it's, it's funny that you say that because I like students are really sneaky, regardless of how much restriction you try to put on their phone. I had one student tell me that um, the way that they communicate with their friend, even though just so that their parents don't know what's happening or like how they're talking, is that they um, have a shared Spotify playlist and they back and forth change the title of this playlist. And that's how they communicate to each other kind of crazy how they like work around some of these things um but that's what they can do with technology now um so i what popped into my brain was that roy mishra who works for the district and is the literacy a digital literacy individual at park place middle school and Monroe high school i think he might be a great person to even speak at our coalition meeting um and kind of get this conversation going around it so joe i don't know if that might be someone that we want to bring in in the next couple of months um, to have a conversation of like, how do parents respond to this? How can the community respond to this? And how do we kind of, what are we actually teaching in the school for students to understand some of the dangers around social media use, some of the mental health concerns around social media use. So he was one of the people that popped into my brain that I think might be good to talk to the coalition, but then we can maybe brainstorm some ideas of how to maybe get this education more embedded in the schools um, and not just in the freshman Barrett Academy classes. Yeah. And, um... Deanne Hermes, who is our district uh, director of, of, I can't remember Deanne's title, digital learning, director of digital learning. We had talked earlier uh, this year about uh, how we could change the uh, digital literacy curriculum to actually enhance that too. So not just from that parent side, but what are students really learning? I mean, I mean so, so I think that's a great idea, Maddie. I, I, I'll follow up with you on that one too. I'm going to make a note really quick here, and uh, and we can explore that because uh, we know it does seriously affect mental health. Yeah, absolutely. And I I don't know, like just even as like being in the classroom, having um, some teachers have the tool class wise where they have all kids' screens up on the main board and can pause. Can you guys hear me? I feel like my processing is. You can hear me. Okay, pause this. And all you know, those kind of things where it's like even even health healthy, like being able to. I mean, they're so smart. I, I just I've had kids hack things in like the fourth grade, and I'm like, oh my goodness, they are super creative, super wise, super savvy. And so there's just several elements. I feel like there's safety right from predators or sites that can be addictive or harmful. There's the social media piece that affects, anyway, and then uh, educating parents to help them. There's just so many pieces. I just feel like it's a big a big concern. And I would love to see, yeah, someone talk at our next coalition meeting. That would be awesome. And, any, and anything I can do, I'm, I'm happy to head up any efforts to, to help connect parents with resources that we might find or I can go looking. So anyway, that's just, thank you so much. I hope this was a good, um, at, like, play, I didn't want to bring it up in a place that, you know, I hope it's of concern this is to appropriate. others. Okay, good. We're all feeling the same thing. Awesome. Pastor Michael, I saw your hand up. Yes. Last year, we had a problem with many kids skipping classes, right? And Maddie and some of the, you others put together some great initiatives to to uh, change that. 
Thank you. This year, this past month, I think there's been a earbud problem where kids are actually on their device or listening during class to something else. I talked to a high school student before Christmas, and he said, yeah, I decided I'm going to take my earbud out of in German class. I'm not going to have my earbud in because I'm getting an F. And I got to change that. I got to work. And then he said, the teacher told us that, you know, he realizes this generation has a short attention span. And so he's going to craft the, the class so there's not so much information coming because we just can't handle it. And he was dead serious. It's like, you've got to be kidding I didn't say anything other than, well, I hope you do well, son. <laughs> but uh, I wonder how many how many uh, teachers and situations are like that where they're they're there now, but they're not paying attention. They're not listening. They are on their device somehow. And uh, wow, I'm praying for you guys. <laughs> well, I, I want to thank you all for coming. I'm going to get to work on some of these. Maddie, I'll, I'll connect um, with you uh, about um, the digital literacy person at MHS. Sounds like that's a great recommendation. Um, and then, uh, you know, it's just a couple more months until we have that healthy use survey data and we're neck deep in strategic planning. So um, next month we'll have some decisions to make. This month I just wanted to share. I wanted to hear from everybody. So appreciate you. Have a great day. Bye. Thanks. Ooh. You guys are awesome. Yeah. Good to connect. Good night.